everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Genre Equality's Behold Podcast. I'm Hitzer. I'm Isa. Uh, we have a very enemy-heavy uh, episode for you today. Um, <laughs> our main topic is um, a popular manga slash anime. There have been two enemies uh, with this title, Helsing and Helsing Ultimate. Uh, and we'll be delving into um, the differences between the two enemies, uh, which one is better, and, and why the Helsing title has become... Uh, such a legacy title in, in the anime world, uh, especially with regards to gory, dark, uh, fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, horror ca- kind of anime. Uh, next up, then, uh, you know, when we when I recommend to Aisa and Aisa recommends to me that section, uh, I'll be talking about uh, Sally Rooney's Normal People, which is an acclaimed novel and also has been recently adapted into a Hulu television series, mm-hmm. a miniseries, actually. Uh, and then Aisa has recommended to me a very witty, very snarky uh, <laughs> slice of life uh, anime called uh, My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu. Although there is another title for it, right? It's a very long title for it. Yeah, I think it's called My Youth Romantic Comedy is Wrong as I Expected. There's like multiple names for it, but um, in yep. the fandom, like it's the abbreviations, I think it's Hamachi or uh, Oregaru, I, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, Snafu is just kind of like the easiest. Uh, for me, la, at least. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Uh, but you know, just just for our viewers, if you're you know you never heard of this enemy and and you have trouble searching for it, just be aware that it goes by two titles. Yep. Uh, yep. So I mean, uh, I think the manga is the latter title, right? The super long one. Yeah, the manga is a super long one. Uh, I think. Yep. Um, if you just search my teen romantic comedy snafu, yep. uh, you'll get you get pretty much like hits for all three seasons. Nice, yes. Uh, and it is currently in its third season, uh, entitled Climax. Uh, be aware that we have not actually seen the final three episodes of it. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the show as a whole, uh, like more broadly. Like It's not a season three review, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of a, a series review and what makes it good. Uh, but first, I mean, anyways, let's begin with uh, Helsing slash Helsing Ultimate. Um, so, Isa, like, since, since you're the one who suggested the, the main topic, which you know, I really enjoyed and it's available on Netflix right now. Yep. Um, Tell us like what what Helsing and then Helsing Ultimate means to you, and why there were there was this difference between these two enemies. Okay, uh, so for me, I I discovered Helsing in secondary school. Uh, I have a very distinct memory of a, a classmate of mine, uh, who who you know was very into anime as well, and we used to watch anime together all the time. Uh, he got a whole of uh, Vampire Hunter D and mm, Helsing yeah. DVDs. Right, and at that point in time, it had just come out. So, like the DVDs had just come out. Uh, I I believe Helsing screened earlier in that year on on um, Japanese TV. Yeah. Uh, and we binge watched pretty much the whole of Helsing. Um, mm, at, at one go right. at it, at at, yeah. at his place, right? Like it was a afternoon to night kind of thing. Yeah, it's only six hours actually. It's a half hour, twelve hour, twelve episode binge. So it's pretty quick. Yeah. So it's, it's it was really really quick, and I remember being very kind of like taken by that. Right at that point in time, I don't think I was exposed to too much of mm. the gore stuff uh, that we get in anime. Uh, mm. and I did. I was very taken by kind of like you know um the the imagery, the symbolism, um just how everything uh, was aesthetically. I think like Helsing had a, at that point in time had a very distinct look to it. Mm. Um. And yeah, so I really, really kind of enjoyed that and continue to kind of like revisit every once in a while, every couple of years, right? Especially when someone came to me asking for like, you know, um, what I want to watch like a vampire thing or like a dark kind of like uh, gory anime. Uh, usually Helsing would be at the top of my list. Yep. Um, so that was, that was, wow, 2000, 
2002, I think. 2001, 2002. Correct. Uh, yep. When Helsing came out. Uh, and then a couple of years later... Five, actually. 2006. Is it 2006? Is that when the first episode came out? Yeah. So uh, I, yeah. I heard that um, they were going to do... They were going to do a... a Kind of like a remake. Uh, at that point in time, like they they weren't really sure. Like it was going to be a series of OVAs, uh, mm. fronted by Madhouse. And um, what they were going to do is that they were going to take their time with it just to make sure that you know, uh, it got kind of like the fullest, uh, treatment possible. So every episode basically took six months to make. Mm. Right, so it basic it, it eventually became me watching out for every episode every six months over the course of like six years, yep, uh, all the way till two thousand twelve, I think, and uh, Correct. I think yeah. there was something about that kind of weight that we had back then. Like, I, obviously now, if you told me I have to wait six months for an episode, I would be fairly unhappy about that. Uh, but back then, just because uh, every release felt like its own event, right? Like you would get two releases in a year. Mm. Right, and it was a big deal, and anyone who was a fan of Helsing, you know, would would be talking about it. And once it came out, like everyone would watch it, and they'll talk about it as well. Uh, that in and of itself, like, felt really, uh, really quite special, right? I think as far as um, uh, the anime fandom went, right? Because it was one of, the, I think, it's probably the first time that they they did that. Yeah, uh, you know, in recent memory, um, to to have this kind of uh, a structure to it. Mm, very um, unusual mm, yeah so uh, I mean like I, I fell in love with the original series and like I do feel like Ultimate did um, have some pretty interesting improvements on on it uh, or additions to it rather I won't necessarily say that it's better than the original series mm. uh, per se but that's kind of like my journey of discovery of, of the franchise itself and like kind of like getting to know the characters and like that going into like a multi-year kind of like uh, affair with, with the series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, for, from just what I've, like, you know, slight research that I've done on Helsing, you know, apparently it was based on Kulta uh, Hirano's Helsing manga, which was yep. uh, published in 1997. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, it was an ongoing manga at the time, so it had, hadn't quite finished. Yep. Uh, and then just four years later in 2001, as Isa mentioned, you know, uh, the first Helsing anime came out. Uh, it was it was fairly well regarded, uh, but uh, I guess in terms of the haste of the adaptation, meant uh, a bit like Hunter Hunter. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of burned through the available source material very very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the the second half of the anime, the last six episodes, veered off into um, an original storyline uh, for the rest of the runtime. Yeah. Um, to, <laughs> I mean, some people liked it. Uh, I guess the anime, I guess the manga fans didn't like it, you know. So I guess that's what prompted, you know, five years later for a brand new series to go into production, like Ultimate, you know. So I think Ultimate was trying to be a, a more faithful adaptation to the original manga. For sure. Uh, which, you know, uh, at that time was already drawing to a close, so they got the full story already. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, the, the release format, so unusual, you know, 10. Uh, one hour long OVAs releasing over you know six different years by three different studios you know certainly broke the mold but the the staggering quality of the results you know in terms of the animation uh yeah. made the lengthy wait I guess more than worth it like, obviously I didn't experience it that way I watched uh I watched both back to back including the little mini series uh the dawn which the was dawn. released yeah. um which coincided with ultimate and it, it served as a little bit of a short film backstory to to Alucard's, uh history mm -hmm. but you know like uh, the dawn isn't necessary viewing uh it's it's nice to see you know yeah, complete for sure. the story yeah but it's more of a compliment la, than anything else um 
So yeah, uh, like you, you don't think that Helsing or Helsing Ultimate is su- one or the other is superior because I've heard that uh, a very divisive um, takes on this online. I, I mean, in terms of, of the craft of it, right? Like making anime itself, I do feel like Helsing Ultimate has much better footing, right? Just in terms of the quality of animation, quality of the soundtrack, the voice acting, and, and just sheer spectacle, right? Um, I, mm. I, I think probably one of the most uh glorious and glorious um climatic battles like mass yep. scale battles that we've seen in animation mm. uh very few anime reach those heights you know where at the one at, at the same time like it's it's such a it's a horrible and terrible and beautiful thing to watch at the same time and and mm-hmm. uh they didn't they didn't they spread it out like i felt the pacing was okay like having rewatched it recently for the for the podcast as well like Mm. Having done it over six years, as well as having done it uh, in a row, uh, I, I do feel the pacing kind of stands up to both kind of viewing uh, experiences. Mm. Um, so if we're talking about the craft of it, right? Like just making gorgeous looking anime, I do feel like Ultimate definitely has a step up. Mm. Um, but, you know, we can also put that to like a much bigger budget, a uh, much more focused kind of like a, a story uh, adaptation from the manga itself, you yeah, know, and just like yeah. a lot of time, right, mm-hmm. uh, for them to do that. Um, and it felt a lot like a labor of love, right? Uh, because at, at the end of the day, like these things don't get the kind of airtime that that normal series do, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like it's only a very at the point in time when it was coming out, the only very small kind of dedicated fan base gave a shit yeah. <laughs> about what yeah. was going on. Uh. I do feel, however, that like at the end of the day, because I fell in love with the original Helsinki, and I do feel that the original series also had a lot of like character moments that you don't get from Ultimate. Mm. Um, you know, there's a bit more silliness there. There are a bit more like comedic moments that you get uh, there that I found to be helpful in your viewing, right? Like it endears you to the characters a bit more than kind of the grim, dark version that you get. I mean, there's some moments of humor. With uh, our comedic relief with, with Sarah's. Yep. Um, but, you know, those feel kind of forced, given the entire tone of the, mm. of the thing. Uh, whereas, I, I, I think, like, as an early, like, late 90s, early 2000s product, the original yep. Helsing felt a lot more like a product of its time, right? Mm-hmm. There's a bit, a bit more slapstick there, uh, here and there, and a bit more, like, comedic relief. And uh, that was enjoyable in a very kind of different way, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you aren't aware, like the the premise is, you know, vampires exist. Uh, in specifically the the show takes place in England, uh, yeah. and it's kind of the duty of Helsing, which is not a person. It's not it's not about you know Helsing the vampire hunter. It's a it's a secret organization, uh, sponsored by the B- British government to hide, uh, the the frightening fact, uh, that vampires exist and, and protect the kind of blissfully unaware populace. Uh. Yeah. So um, along with its own personal army. Helsing has secret weapons, uh, particularly Alucard, uh, an incredibly powerful vampire who has been controlled by Helsing uh, for for a century now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is unclear how he feels about being a servant to the Helsing family, uh, but he certainly enjoys his job as a vampire exterminator. Yeah. Uh, Sarah's, the side character, as you mentioned earlier, um, is a fledgling vampire and a former policewoman. Uh, although reluctant to embrace a new self, uh, she is... Uh, and it comes to be a valued member of the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 
the Helsing uh, crew is led by Integra Helsing, the current leader. Yep. Uh, she is uh, fully capable of fulfilling her duty. Uh, but lately, the vampire activity has been on the rise. Uh, the cause is is quite alarming. Uh, more so than just you know vampires just turning other people into vampires. You know. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there are these microchips that turn uh, normal humans into vampires, uh, basically synthetic vampires. Uh, plus, you know, there's also uh, Nazis and werewolves and um, uh, <laughs> religious crusaders from the Catholic Church as 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 villains as well. So it's a very like a uh, very pulpy, very crazy, very blood soaked uh, kind of anime lah. Um, one thing I do have to say about Helsing yep. is that it touched m- upon more on, of the synthetic vampires, uh, which was an interesting concept. Yeah, uh, which which wasn't paid off in the show, la, Unfortunately, uh, yeah. because mm-hmm. you know they, it paid off somewhere else. So I think based on the just by by the fact that you know the Helsing original series didn't have a story, uh, at least didn't conclude the story. Yeah, and then paid off into another story that had nothing end, to do. Yeah, yeah, that had nothing to do with it and didn't quite make much sense in in terms of you know the cohesion of a of a full tale i didn't quite enjoy it as much as Housing ultimate which was you know uh as uh, uh one one story from beginning to end told uh-huh. in very epic scale yeah 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 I, yeah I, I totally understand like uh where, where you're coming from you know uh I, I think especially watching them in close proximity to each other will definitely will definitely you you would see those differences quite um obviously yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know if I personally can pick one over the other, but I feel like if people only have time for one, then Helsing Ultimate is kind of the way to go. And then, mm. if you're interested, you can kind of go and see their kind of first attempt at that, right? Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's necessarily because it's closer to the manga itself necessarily. Uh, it's yep. just that a lot of time has gone into the making of this series. Yeah. Uh, you know, and a lot of care as well. Um. So. That in of itself, it has become kind of like this um, gigant, uh, giant of its own, right? Like no one would have thought that someone would pull off like a, a kind of a six-year multi-part saga uh, mm. and, and for it to have grown in, in the kind of like popularity that it has uh, yeah. is, is fairly important. And given the time that it happened in, I, I think that we have to um, be aware that a lot of... Um, of of the succeeding um, properties that came out right of the same view like Castlevania for example like it's very hard to watch mm-hmm. Castlevania right now and not think about Helsing you know correct yeah I, I understand that Castlevania is based on a video game I can hear people already saying that like, yes yeah. Castlevania is based on a video game but Castlevania in tone and style mm-hmm. did not take that from the video game the video game had none of that tone and style yeah. it took it I mean quite clearly like, upon watching Helsing it's not a ripoff, just homage yeah. and influenced by, in a very big way, by Helsing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and I think like uh, it, it kind of Helsing has kind of set the tone for a lot of that. I think especially vampire-based stuff, though mm. we haven't really got that much of that recently in 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 anime. I mean, there were a few here and there that were okay, and you can also see the influences of of Helsing on them, but. Like they, I don't think anything has kind of reached kind of the heights that we have, with maybe the exception of Vampire Hunter D, which is a classic in and of itself. Mm. Well, I would say like I mean, it doesn't have vampires in it, but in terms of tone and style, maybe the recent uh, Devilman Crybaby owes a lot to Helsing as well. Mm, yeah, for sure, for sure. I I think um oh man, what's the creator's name? I forgot. He's a big Are fan. We- 
yeah, we recently reviewed a bunch of his stuff also. Yeah, yeah he's a big fan. Uh, I've yeah. I've uh, seen him do like, I've seen him do like uh, a tribute art and stuff like that as well. So right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was very taken by by the the stylishness and and the high quality of the animation. Mm. It's it's very aware that it is pulp, and <laughs> is 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 unafraid to go for it, lah. Um, I suppose, um, it's a bit like I I would I would equate it to like The Sopranos in terms of its influence because I, f- I think The Sopranos doesn't really, the people would say that The Sopranos is a Beth is a greater show than say the Americans, for example. But you okay. know, like one show couldn't exist without the other, yeah. and a lot of people are willing to overlook the flaws of the Sopranos mm-hmm. uh, because it pioneered uh, the the style and the tone of the prestige drama. You know, so it was it was kind of going into uncharted territory. It was breaking ground. It was uh, it was it was creating something new like, and something different and something a bit more adult and mature. Yeah. And there were some missteps along the way, clearly, because you know when you're pioneering, you don't have a roadmap. They they made the roadmap, and I think Helsing made the roadmap for a lot of these type of stylish, uh, Devilman Crybaby esque uh, enemies, uh, Because if you wanna nitpick into like flaws, I think both shows have their own flaws. I mean, yeah, I already mentioned sure. like Hel- Helsing is a bit of an incomplete story mm-hmm. despite being very uh, tonally and visually arresting yeah. uh, and a bit inconsistent uh, but, and, and Helsing Ultimate also has its own flaws it's, yeah. I, I think some people can uh, come to it thinking that it's overlong uh, mm-hmm. can come to it thinking that uh, maybe the villains are very underdeveloped they're, they're kind of kind of cackling maniacs with no real motivation yeah. And, and and nuance to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do have to point out to I mean perhaps those naysayers that yeah, I mean those points are valid, but it's also pulp. And <laughs> you know, and, and this is what pulp is. Mm-hmm. And this is pulp at the highest quality. Yeah. I do I mean like I do feel that a lot more could have done uh, could have been done in terms of like the character work, right? Yeah. Um I, I feel like watching both um both the original series and ultimate uh together give you kind of a better idea of the world building uh, mm. because just because there's a bit more character development um, and some would say maybe in the wrong direction uh, in housing right. itself right but you you kind of like a, get a better sense of the world and the be- and the, uh, all, everybody's place in the world itself and I think that's where um, the dawn comes in right yeah. uh, because it does give us a backstory a, a look at the villain a look at, at Alucard himself and, and Walter who played like really really big roles Mm, um, Walter's turn in Housing <laughs> Ultimate, um, very poorly explained, uh, but mm. better. But with the context of the dawn, uh, you you kind of get more of an idea why he why he turns. Uh, I mean, yep. I'm not trying to spoil anything, but yep. there is a big betrayal that happens in the middle of the show, which which I was a bit perplexed by because the show didn't explain yep. it. So yeah. you you fin did you finish Ultimate first before you watched the dawn? Uh, I was watching it in chronological order. So ah, when the, right, I right. was watching, you know, like after this episode of Ultimate is released, and then I saw on Wikipedia, oh, the Dawn was released here. So I was watching it concurrently mm, in chronological okay, okay. order. Yeah. So I, I wasn't confused, but I could see how people may be confused. Yeah, I, I think um, because for me, uh, this time around rewatching, I watched the Dawn after I finished Ultimate, you know, mm. uh, and I think I did watch it chronologically when it came out. So right. there was a the moment it's like, oh, wow, that feels like really clunky, right? Yeah. Uh, it's literally um, not explained. Like he 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 goes away with a, a friend and 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 shows up in the next episode as a foe. Mm. Uh, and and it kind of like I was like, oh really? Did it feel that um, shocking uh, the first time around? And I I kind of realized why only mm-hmm. much later on. Yeah, 
Um, I do have to say also that with Helsing and Helsing Ultimate, uh, specifically with Helsing Ultimate, I much preferred the English voice cast. Um, I know it's a bit of heresy to be <laughs> dub, dub better than sub, but considering where the show is set, mm-hmm. you know, where the, yeah. the, set, the series is set in, in, in Britain, and the fact that, you know, that they should be speaking English, and the fact that the, vo- the English voice cast are all British, yep. you know, it, it kind of makes it a bit more of an immersive experience. I think uh, so, for large parts of it, that is very, very true. Except there are portions whereby, like, the animation very clearly yeah. doesn't match what's being said. Uh, yeah. Like, the mouth movements and stuff like that. Uh, but I, if you can look past that, like, I, it is, uh, for all intents and purposes, a very good dub. Yep. Yeah. I mean, because, like, uh, it's it just felt weird to me, like, to watch this, like, white people speak in Japanese. Yeah. Um... It is uh it is uh, it's a, it happens more often than you think it would. Like I I just finished Great Pretender, which we'll be covering in our next uh, episode of genre. Yep. And they have the same problem. Uh, the dub is pretty good. Uh, mm. is is not bad. But I, I chose to watch subs, and like they just you know conveniently kind of let everything get translated. You know, uh, via Universal Translator to 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 Japanese. Right, um, yeah. That, yeah. That being said, I do feel like because I've watched both the sub and dub versions for Helsing Ultimate uh over the years because sometimes like I could only get a whole of the dub. Mm. Uh and then I would later kind of rewatch it. I do feel like a certain uh tonally certain characters feel different with the with the English voice acting. I think Anderson in particular didn't feel quite as vile. Mm. Uh, in in the in the English dub, like I feel that like, the Japanese voice actor who, who played him, uh, I can't mm-hmm. remember his name, what really kind of like nailed. That, that I think there's like... something something very charming about a Scottish accent. It's just hard to hate. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it it had a completely different spin on the character for me. Right? Yeah, yeah, uh, with yeah. a Scottish voice actor. Where, whereas, I I feel like um, what's his name here? Uh. Wakamoto Norio, like his his version of of Anderson is just like it makes my skin crawl, you know. Uh, and uh, also, but it definitely works uh, for a lot of the other ones. I think like uh, Alucard for sure, um, Integra as well. Uh, you know, like all of all of that felt pretty good uh, in the English version. And it, it's mm-hmm. just so interesting that the dub and sub version would give you such like different perspectives on the same character. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's the it's the voice actor's um prerogative la, to interpret the lines, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I so agree. like you get you like watching it both times, uh, in in subs and dubs. You know, you you get to see basically two different actors perform the 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 lines are the same yeah. lines. Mm-hmm. So you you basically get two different interpretations of the show if you want to la, You know. Yeah, there are yeah there are just moments. I I I think I do feel that the dub version didn't feel as melodramatic as times. Which may mm. or may not be a good thing, right? Given how pulpy it's supposed to be, but it's um, very grand and very operatic, and it's not. It's it's big and bold. It's about as as subtle as a Ford Mustang, you know. It's all very <laughs> muscle and yeah. blood, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think one one moment that stands out to me where I thought the doubt was definitely superior was um, what's on, uh Rip Rip Van Winkle's uh, kind of like monologuing on the ship before he <laughs> she gets attacked. Right, uh, yeah. That is way better in English than it is in in uh in Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Uh and 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 trust me there is a lot of monologuing in the show. Um <laughs> much in much in a pop tradition, you know. Yeah. So uh, like uh it's it's enjoyable if you can like 
you need to be in a certain mindset to really like enjoy it and i i i urge you to just get into the pop mindset like because if you want to nitpick the long monologues and the over explaining and the and the everything else and all oh, the the characters are two dimensional you're kind of missing the point here like yep. it's like it's like you're watching like you know the the quentin tarantino's like grindhouse films <laughs> expecting a tarantino work and not a homage to grindhouse you know yeah because the, the the genre is is like this like, and this is the highest representation i can I can think of a lot of the genre because it's very bombastic. It's very grandiose in, in, in many ways. You know, um, The negatives are so intertwined with the positives. It's almost hard to um, pull them apart you know, because the positive is the negative in, in, many, in many respects. Like, it kind of depends on where you come from and your mindset. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I, I, I think maybe the only other thing, like as far as... Um, like Helsing is, is very much more dark fantasy than it is a vampire story, right? Just because, mm. like, we have those elements there, sure. Uh, you know, and we got Alucard, who we know is, is uh, who we eventually find out, you know, his, his background and all of that. But mm. the law and the mythology behind that isn't very strong, necessarily, yeah. right? Like, we get glimpses of it, there are references to it, we, we, but we never really quite get, like, the meaty kind of, like, oh, you know, okay, this is what vampires are, this is how they're made, and this are what the rules of the, the world are, right? Like, essentially, you have uh, this giant enigma surrounding who Alucard is and how powerful he actually is, and that kind of blows everything else out of the water. Like, it doesn't matter so long as you know that he is uh, uh, on a power scale that is pretty unimaginable for most people. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of like dismisses the need for any sort of explanation or explication in 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 terms of vampire law. Yeah, I agree. Like, th- I mean, it wasn't important for me to to get the law, like, considering the the tone of the show, you know, because the show clearly wanted to be like uh, balls to the wall, uh, insane action, you know, uh, like, all the time. It goes it goes from zero to hundred in the first episode, you know. Yeah. Like, in fact, in fact, episode one of Housing Ultimate pretty much covers. Like everything in in Helsing, uh, yeah, everything in the first half of Helsing, and, yeah, yeah, at least uh, the the manga side that that Helsing uh, adapted lah, you know, yeah, and, and from then on you get a totally different story. So if you're worried about Helsing and Helsing Ultimate being too similar, actually they're not lah. They're not. It's yeah. it's very very different stories with different villains even. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we don't get. Yeah, the ult- uh, the ultimate villain lah. The the eventual villain in Helsing Ultimate, like, that, everything leads up to that, right? But we don't the get any Nazis. of that. Yeah, the Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I I think all in all, you know, I, I just really wanted us to kind of talk about, like, it, since it's on Netflix now, and I, I feel like a, people are wondering, what's the difference between the two? Is it worth a watch? You know, why is it when I mention this to people who watch anime, they're like, oh yeah, you know, like, Helsing is, is uh, of, of the prestige that it is right now right and right right yeah i just wanted people kind of like go and check it out uh because you know if you enjoy pulpy stuff if you enjoy like the kind of like dark fantasy uh and and the gore and like the hyper stylishness of uh that we get in a lot of anime today then uh it's very easy to kind of point people back to say like look chances are you know they took inspiration from this uh from helsing ultimate yeah, I mean, House and Ultimate like, really laid the groundwork for a lot of these shows, uh, at least the dark fantasy shows that people seem to be in love with today and are made so often. Uh, I, I think in, in summary, it's, it's just a, a blood-soaked romp, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's perhaps not intellectual, but it is the pinnacle of action anime. It, mm. it provides non-stop thrills from beginning to end and, and well worth sinking your teeth into, you know? Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, both shows, and, and The Dawn, and... 
perhaps you know one of these days if I'm free I'm gonna go read the manga as well. Yeah, I haven't I haven't actually finished the manga. I I I think like that wasn't really very high on my list. I do right. I do hear that there's a fair bit more character work uh, in the manga itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, uh, and a lot of like more background and more history for each of the characters. So uh, yeah, I think that's worth checking out. Definitely, man. Uh, and yes, as I said, as mentioned, both shows, not just Ultimate, both shows, Helsing and Helsing Ultimate, are on Netflix right now. And you know, everyone out there has Netflix. If you don't, you're lying. You probably has your you probably have your friend's account. <laughs> uh, so go watch Helsing. You know, um, it's a very easy, fun, brisky watch. It, it won't take up too much of your time. Yeah. Uh, and if you think it takes up too much of your time, I mean, think about the people like Isa who spend you know fucking like six years waiting for the show, uh, to complete. <laughs> insane uh, release schedule it actually reminds me a lot of like some comics out there you know yeah. where the artists where the artists are so like you know their their paintings are and and drawings are so intricate that you know you get like six month delays from issue to issue mm-hmm. uh I, 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 except like this is way better than just pen to paper uh, this is you know a full-on audiovisual spectacle uh brilliant stuff uh helsing ultimate and helsing i'll recommend them both although i i think for me personally it's helsing ultimate uh is the better show but for those with a nostalgia for helsing Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that Helsing started it all, I fully understand why some people might think that Helsing is the better show. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, weirdly enough, actually, right, all three shows on our on our Behold episode uh, this week uh, are all adaptations from literature. Uh, strangely oh, yeah. enough, yeah. Uh, next up, we'll be talking about a Hulu's mini series called Normal People. It is uh, based on Sally Rooney's acclaimed uh, 2018 novel. Um, it's a it's a breathtaking adaptation of a transcendent uh, Irish love story. Uh-huh. Um, did you manage to finish the show? Uh, or in and if not, like, because I, I don't want to spoil you, lah. Okay. Uh, I am currently at episode nine, so okay. like last three episodes. Uh, okay. but the thing is, like, you don't have to worry about spoiling me for it. I really wrote, I really read through like kind of the synopsis of the last couple of ones just to make sure. I I felt like if I did not it would be a little difficult to kind of discuss where it was mm. going. Because, like, episode 9 is pretty, uh, it, it, like, it, it's very clear that, like, you know, there's stuff that hinges on what happens after episode 9. Unfortunately, I didn't manage to finish the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, uh, I mean, that, that that's totally okay. Like, uh, I, I, was, I was okay with talking about it more broadly, la, but since okay. you know what, ha- what happens at the end, it's, it's, it's fine, you know. Um, there isn't, it, this isn't like a spoiler kind of show, you know, there aren't like big twists, you know, it's not Game yeah. of Thrones or anything, you know. Yeah. It is, it is this very uncannily smart, like emotionally sophisticated, uh, very seductively melancholy uh, series la, that presents uh, a grand romance that, that is as immersive and intimate uh, as the book that inspired it, particularly because Sally Rooney herself wrote a majority of the scripts. Oh. Um, so it, it spans from a secondary school in, in the small town of Sligo uh, the, to the young adult lives uh, to, of the main characters at Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, so it steeps us into the heads of uh, the female lead is a Marianne, uh, played by Daisy Edgar-Jones, mm-hmm. and the male lead is Connell, played by Paul Maskell. Uh, two lovers who try and fail and try and fail and try and fail uh, to resist the magnetic pull between them. So when we first meet them um, as teenagers, you know, Marianne is this very uh, sharp-witted, prickly-tongued social outcast uh, mocked for her intelligence and wealthy upbringing. Uh, Connor, though, is just as smart and as studious as she is, Mm -hmm. but is popular due to his working-class roots and his status as a as a handsome and outgoing jock. Uh, so um, although they are unlikely to interact in school, uh, Connell's mother Lorraine uh, works as a 
housekeeper at Marion's uh, palatial family home, yep. uh, which gives them a chance to develop a genuine connection until um, social pressures crush their blossoming romance like, in, in the most hurtful, hurtful way possible without giving any spoilers. Yeah. Um, many years later, they, they both wind up in the same college in the big city. Uh, so they are beyond the familial and small-minded constraints of their home community. And, and interestingly, their roles have reversed uh, with her as kind of the bright and effervescent social butterfly in a crowd of intellectuals and him very brilliant yet introspective loner incapable of making friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and throughout the, the duration of this about 10, 10 to 12 year long story, they drift in and out of each other's lives, uh, sometimes as lovers, uh, sometimes as friends, uh, sometimes in big and dramatic ways, and sometimes in small but no less impactful gestures. Maybe they, they talk through Skype or maybe they email each other. Um, he is periodically awful to her without meaning to be, and yeah. and she has and she has a tendency to pull away for reasons beyond her control. Uh, but yet they they kind of share this kind of uh, intense sexual chemistry, uh, but also a weakness for living too much into their own hits. Mm. Uh, so um, you have not read the book, right? So just just as a show, like uh, what 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 do you think about normal people on Hulu? Oh wow, um, it it is. It's pretty heart-wrenching to kind of see this happen again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like two people coming together. And and uh, my main question at this point, right, like without having watched the last three episodes, are they actually good for each other? You know, uh, and mm. it's, all, it's all the time and effort and tears and, and all of that uh, and heartbreak over the years that they've had. Like, is it worth it, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. is, to me, the big looming question as I go into you know, the last quarter of the series uh, and essentially what the finale is supposed to be. Um, It is, I feel like it's a very well-paced, a very nuanced, very subtle presentation of how complex love can be and love Mm. in many respects can be between two people. And the exploration of that over like so many years gives it a lot of time to kind of breathe and for people, giving the audience a bit of time to breathe, to kind of like, uh, come to terms with, you know, like it's not as clear-cut as it may seem. Like every instance of their uh, of their love affair, right, for lack of a better term, like yeah. every instance of it like has its own circumstances surrounding it, right? Yeah. And, and while you have some uh, a true line through all of that, you know, given their history and it gets more complicated as it goes on, right, the circumstances are pretty new, are pretty fresh, right? Like if we go from high sc- um, the circumstances in high school, to the one in, in college, like those are two vastly different circumstances and in if inverse circumstances if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I feel the series gives it uh, the, the characters and the audience enough time to kind of like come to terms with those circumstances. Yeah. Get to know what the context of what's going on is first before coming to the conflict. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's not always uh, the case, right, for a lot of series, and then that's something that normal people does extremely well. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. Like much of what normal people presents is uh, delicate, very uh, extremely interior material. Uh, at times, told in leisurely sequences where we simply watch one or both of them lost in thought, uh, and and at other times, it's quick impressionistic bursts. Uh, conveying the rush of feeling brought on by the latest complication between them. Yep. So um, the showrunner, Alice Birch, and, and of course the, the novelist, uh, Sally Rooney, I think they find wonderful visual and tonal ways to illustrate 
the internal and external divisions, mm-hmm. uh, both perceived and felt, uh, of of these characters without the aid of uh, Rooney's uh, gorgeously written uh, prose. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, you know, so like a lot of the prose is, is kind of conveyed a, uh, basically with a body and facial language. Uh, mm-hmm. So so much is is visceral and implied, and it hinges upon a pair of magnificent performances. Uh, oh yeah, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Edgar Jones and Mescal, like they, they quickly click into Marianne and Connell's um, unspoken bond of you know shared disquiet and palpable passion. Uh, neither of them are actually particularly verbose, so it's not like before sunrise. You know? <laughs> but but yeah, shorthand with each other kind of becomes the language all on its own. Yep. So with every episode, you learn to read their moods and micro expressions. Uh, they are spectacular at con- conveying the vulnerability and longing essential to making a love story like this work. Lah. Um, so as the series progresses uh, and more psychological issues, uh, sometimes the issues are even beyond their romance uh, come to light. Uh, the both actors deliver uh, beautifully nuanced acting by by delving deep into you know their their wellsprings of trauma, yeah. uh, without succumbing to the temptation to oversell the drama. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, absolutely love the performances here. I, I think uh, from the very kind of first time the two of them are alone together in the room, right? In episode one, episode two, like it's a very palpable chemistry, you yep. know. And what kind of amazes me is that like every time we kind of shift down the timeline, uh, they do feel older, you know, like in terms of like the way that they, the, the the characters are being portrayed, right? Like it, they do feel older, they do feel more worn down. Uh, a bit more tired, right? A bit more cynical uh, for the most part. And like to to kind of like see that back to back is is quite a joy to watch, right? Um yeah, absolutely. Um the facial acting is amazing. Uh as is like most of the time I'm not a big fan of like long lingering shots on, on, on facial expressions per se. Mm. Uh but I do feel like sometimes these fall on looks that they have, right, tells so much story in and of itself. Uh, without us needing to have like a a grand like internal monologue, um, to mm. kind of see that what they are thinking or what they are feeling, and uh, I think that's a testament to the performances. Yeah, uh, long lingering shots for for people who are unaware, like it's not just dependent upon the cinematographer. Well, I mean, of course, the cinematographer is is important. Like the yeah. the lensing and and camera work is very important as well. But it doesn't work if the actors are not up to it. Like, are not up to showing us what the complex inner thoughts are without using words, you know, mm-hmm. and, and both both these actors are up to it. Lah. Um, and also, I, I do have to mention that, like, wow, um, like, nearly half the show is is, is uh, spent uh, with them in bed and, and you know, yep. with nude, nude scenes. Lah. So I think with most movies and TV shows, they typically use um, intercourse as, as, as cheap titillation, yeah. Game of Thrones, etc., yeah. the sex scenes. Uh, but in here, the sex scenes are crucial to the characters' understanding of themselves and each other. Absolutely. And, and, and to the audience's understanding of their development as yeah. people and as a couple. Uh, so, though the series leaves pretty much no body part unexposed, the, the sex never seems gratuitous because it's mm-hmm. necessary story, storytelling-wise. Um, they are vital because they demonstrate the instinct that Marion and Connell have to um, love and honour each other, even though other aspects of their lives often make it difficult to demonstrate those feelings publicly and consistently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, both actors do do a fantastic job of that. Um, yeah. With regards to what you mentioned earlier, la, do, like, do they belong together? Are they good for each other? Uh... I think like, <laughs> like any, any really, really good love story, it doesn't make it explicitly clear. Yeah. 
um, I think it's good because you know um, at least it's uh, climax open ended. At least uh-huh. it up to your interpretation. Uh, whether they get their happy ever after, it's it's up to your imagination. Uh, but I think what isn't up for interpretation is that for all the joy and passion and pain and mess, um, I think the their relationship, whether romantic or or as friends, um, has uh, enriched them as people and helped them grow yeah. beyond what what they were uh, in in secondary school. Um, at first, right, like um, I was a bit taken aback by specifically Paul Mescal's uh, casting because I, I, I didn't know where the show was going. I hadn't read the book at the time. Uh-huh. So I didn't know I was going to go past secondary school. And Paul Mescal, great actor, not believable as a sex for boy. Yeah. I had, just not. There were moments where I was just like, yeah, he, he, yeah. Um, yeah, but, but, but it, it progresses on to when he's an adult. So then I understood why, why he was caster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that being said, Edgar Jones, like, in any sort of, like, age that she's supposed to be playing, very convincing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%, you know. Um, I, think, I think she does look... She has, like, a, a babyish face, which makes it... Ca- you know, you, you can buy that she's in secondary school and you can buy that she's in college and you can also buy that she's an adult. Like, with, she just has to change her hairstyle and, and body language, you know, how she carries herself. Like, and, yep. and that works, like, you know. Agreed. Uh, brilliant, man. Um, I, I, I really like how the show is able to um, fi- display the many ways that they fit together and, and the many ways that they don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's 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 very compelling viewing like, like we feel intoxicated when when they're together. Mm-hmm. But I actually feel like the characters sometimes work better um, apart. You know, um, pages of prose could, could be revealed with a single-handed uh, with a single sideways glance from Edgar Jones. Uh, it's a skill that comes in handy, <laughs> yeah. uh, given how Marion tends to disappear into herself yep. when she's with another guy. Yep. Uh, and Masco himself, given his quiet character, is uh, astonishingly. Uh, astonishingly good at making clear what he's thinking uh-huh. uh, even if Connell himself doesn't realize what he's telegraphing yeah it's a, yeah. a, a bit it's an amazing bit of acting like you know uh, I've yeah it's 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 wonderful it's it's Kim Wexler-esque uh, I, I could use that yeah <laughs> no, no 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 I absolutely agree uh, like telegraphing is like exactly what what uh, the best descriptor kind of for it so yeah, I mean, I'm very blown away by their performance, right? And at the end of the day, it's nothing over the top, you know. It's it's nothing, you know, that overtly kind of in your face, like, hey, you look, I'm a great actor, anything of the sort. It's just extremely nuanced and and subtle and believable, and and um and the way that it's presented to us is a joy to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we we are focusing on the love story because it is a love story, like it's yep. easy to get swept in there. But uh, normal people also explores, you know, class and privilege, mm-hmm. um, the the impact on abuse, uh, and uh, what seem like you know silly teenage interactions can actually shape one's identity well into adulthood. Yeah. Um. So it it, it carefully explores how individuals evolve as they grow older. Um. It also does something that only the best coming of age stories do is it treats young adults with respect and mm-hmm. and takes their relationships. Uh, especially first loves um seriously yeah um it, it's well aware that those relationships are uh, leave uh, permanent and 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 formative marks on on these people agreed totally agree yeah yeah um uh, and, and any concluding thoughts before we move on uh i'm i'm looking forward to finishing this up i am at once kind of apprehensive and and excited at the same time mm-hmm. um you know and then yeah i mean we'll probably talk about it again off 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 stream um yeah, yeah once i'm done with it Definitely, man. Uh, if you want to catch a uh, normal people, you can watch it on the BBC iPlayer, which is uh, available, uh, you know, of, of course, in the UK, or you can watch it on Hulu. 
Uh, both are available in Singapore if you have a VPN, so uh, do check it out. Uh, normal people, twelve episode mini series. Don't expect the second season because <laughs> um, I, it kind of contradicts the point of the ending. It's supposed to be open ended. Uh, although who knows, you know, before sunset happened. So yeah, know. yeah. I I don't know if they allowed for enough. I mean, it is open ended, but I don't know if they should. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like open ended endings. We'll uh, see. Anyways, yeah. Uh, let's move on to um a different type of. Uh, romantic story, <laughs> if you could say. Uh, my teen romantic comedy, Snafu, uh, is an anime that has been running for a while now. I believe eight years? 2013, uh, I think. Seven years, yes, yeah. Seven but there have only been three seasons, so there have been large gaps in between seasons. Uh. Um, so before we move on into um, you know, our thoughts on the show, like, uh, give us a little summary on, on what's it about. Oh, man. Okay, so... Um... The, the premise of the story isn't as... <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, basically, for my teen romantic comedy snafu, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a high school story, uh, and it's, a, it's about trying to fit in in, in high school. The, our main protagonist is, uh, is a loner called uh, Hachiman Hikigaya, who's forced mm-hmm. to join a fellow loner, uh, Yukino, uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, another classmate called uh, Yugahama. Uh, to form the high school service club, right? Yep. Uh, and it sounds exactly what it is, right? Like, so basically, these three loners are kind of forced by their teacher to kind of come together to have some sort of CCA involved, uh, involvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could involve anything from like trying to solve people's problems or trying to like uh, help people clean up stuff and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that sets the kind of uh, premise or rather the platform for which the rest of the story kind of takes place. Um, eventually you find out that uh, the three of them uh, are linked together by an incident that happened in their past, like a fairly traumatic incident in their past. Yep. Uh, and uh, that kind of like unfolds as they continue to kind of like get to know each other and all of that as they help fellow adolescent high school friends uh, and strangers deal with the struggles and, and kind of like the, the problematic and complicated uh, time of being a teenager. Mm. Yeah, so that's as concise as I can get it, I think, without going too much into detail about the many like complex links between the characters. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, that's a, a fairly succinct breakdown, you know. It's kind of like one part uh, cynical comedy. Um, a bit, a bit... Uh, Hiki reminds me a bit of a Holden Caulfield kind of person. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a one part uh, also high school drama. Um, so it, it's a very, actually, kind of very re- relatable... Uh, slice of life high school enemy in a sense that like none of these characters are caricatures uh, by yeah. any measure um, they all tend to live in their own heads and have their own uh, you know all teenagers and everybody in that that age group right tend to live in their own heads like like they have the world figure out and everyone else is wrong yeah which and their own drama causes them to miss other people's drama lah. so the beauty of the service club the thing that they've been forced to enter and to help people whether they are um, you know, like uh, cleaning up or cooking or organizing events, you know, it allows them to get into other people's heads and, and develop empathy for others by understanding other people also have problems, yep. you know. Uh, but Hachiman himself has like, you know, a very like <laughs> unusual way of solving problems. Uh, he he is a loner. He doesn't... Uh, he doesn't see himself as a good person. So yep. It's a very cynical thing. So he's... he's um, 
often playing the villain in order to uh, get a, a positive outcome for his clients, uh, uh-huh. which damages his reputation and his own, you know, kind of self-esteem and self-worth. I think uh, he is trying to overcome that as the seasons uh, move forward, you know, and so are the other different characters that like the two girls who are with him have their own various own issues. Yeah. They've been brought up, you know, I think Yukino is a bit cold, standoffish, doesn't really have like social skills because of her, of her upbringing, uh-huh. you know, of a of family. So, you know, she has a, she has a different problem there. Um, and so, so much about what uh, is great about my teen romantic comedy, Snapple, is it's not just the, the very witty humor. It's that um, so much of uh, what they mean is between the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you need to do a lot of like very deep uh, interpretation of what they are actually trying to say because the, the characters like Hachiman, uh, Yukino, and, and Yui uh, don't know how to say what they want to say. So they go in a very like yeah. roundabout you know, ways of doing it. But, but through that, you know, it actually really crafts really beautiful dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to kind of dig under the surface of what, what they are saying to find out what their meaning is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great. It's very literature in that way. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I, I think like how how just how narcissistic right and um and and nihilistic like hikigaya is yep. is uh it makes for such a compelling uh watch you know uh, just to see all three of them and kind of like the essential philosophies that they have in life right or or, or what philosophies they are they're starting to build at this point in time in, in their life clash mm-hmm. together like so much of so much of um the the conflict in um, this series, right, over the three seasons has to do with the many confrontations that they have with each other where they are not actually talking about the thing that they should be talking about, but it gets resolved through that anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's it's pretty masterful to be able to do that kind of like so many times, you yeah. know. And um, I feel like as an audience, what endears you a lot is that not only do you get to know the characters uh, over time, right? But you also start to understand each character's own language of affection and, and anger and all of that. Uh, much like you said, like we need to learn how to read between their lines, right? And mm-hmm. um, coming into season three now, like we're, we're more than halfway through the third season now. Like I feel like we're a lot better at that. Which makes mm. that which allows I feel uh, the writers to put in more in every kind of exchange that they have, mm-hmm. you know. Like there's no need to kind of like explain to us like uh, we don't have to do as much digging to see, um, to make apparent what they what they actually mean, you know. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at at first, they're like you know, especially in season one, it, it's actually a lot of the fun is trying to figure out. Who, who they really are underneath, you know, their their cold or nihilistic exteriors, you know? Yeah. Like, who who is Yui? Who is Yukino? Who is Hiki? Like, really, right? And and by the third season, I think we've got a fairly good idea about what their philosophy is and how their philosophy is evolving mm-hmm. due to their interactions with other people. Yeah. Um, so, it's it's a really, really um, endearing kind of show that um, is... I mean, I, I, it's hard to say. It's it's slice of life, right? So there yeah. isn't really like big dramatic things that happen. No, know? no. Uh, but yeah, it, it gets played up. Like a lot of the small things that happen get played up, right? Because you know, uh, high school, your your teen hormones, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I think like with these three in particular, uh, you know, just because like so much of their lives are lived in their head, 
right? Mm. And so much of their conviction is based upon on, on kind of like the very narrow amount of, of, of life they've lived thus far. You know, mm. like every time um, those, come in, those few things come into contact with each other, uh, you know, it is pretty explosive sometimes, right? Like it's not dramatic, it's not huge, it's not over the top, it's not overwhelming, right? Mm. But to them, it is important, and mm. as a result of that, like uh, you're you're drawn into their kind of investment into those small things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's a better way of what I was trying to say, like in in the sense that, like you know, it's very easy for us as adults to maybe mock the the silly little things or the silly little silly little anxieties that you might have as a teen, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it, it this show so effectively puts us into that situation and and brings us back into that point in our lives, you know, that like they don't they no longer feel silly. They feel like, you know, like the world is at stake like with, you know, whether whether you're going to see a fireworks show <laughs> or something, you know, like that feels like a big deal. Yeah. You get your hopes up. Is how how you supposed to act? You know that kind of thing. It feels like a life of death situation, even though it's just you know two friends going to the mall, <laughs> uh, or two friends going to see a fireworks show. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really love Dick. Another really thing. Another thing I really really liked. I think this was emphasized more in the first two seasons and less in the third season. Uh-huh. Uh, because the third season is more kind of trying to pay off the character arcs. Like yep. the first two seasons is this deconstruction of romantic comedy enemy, you know? Yeah. Like, I think Hachiman himself is very uh, genre-savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, he yep. knows the ins and outs of the rom-com formula. So he is constantly comparing his life and circumstances with, you know, rom-coms and, and curses and, and, and stereotypes that, you know, are found in movies and like love triangles and stuff <laughs> like that, you know? And, and, and in a more meta sense, the series does a great job of avoiding the typical romantic anime cliches. You know, yeah. There's no um, accidental groping. There's no romantic sister love. No tear streak confessions. You know, um, so it in fact like the only time a big rom com anime cliche happens. You know, like like walking in on girls while they're changing, for example, it, it's kind of a punchline of an elaborate meta joke. Yeah. Right? You know, so it's it's great. I I really like how they're aware of what the cliche is and how they subvert it continually. Yeah. Uh. It it. I think at the beginning it's it was especially enjoyable for me when I first started watching just because uh um. Uh, Snafu came out at a time when like uh, romantic teen uh, comedy anime was at its peak, right? Mm. There were a lot of really, really popular ones that were coming out at the time. So this was really, really refreshing because it felt as though like some of the payoffs uh, that we get from um, Hiki's uh, uh, kind of like machinations, right? Like his, his, his active role in trying to like subvert or uh, or divert people away from like cliches, like romantic cliches, kind of yep. echoed some of the other stuff I was watching at the time. I can't remember mm-hmm. the titles, uh, but like it was pretty funny to kind of like see that like his meta awareness uh, adds a lot more to the enjoyment of the thing because it allows for some very neat kind of like twists and turns, right? Like uh, that most people wouldn't kind of expect, you know, um, for it to play out. Um, yeah, and it's it's rare for us to get a protagonist like that. Um, mm. More recently, there have been a couple of other series that have, have you know, um, tried to achieve the same kind of, like, uh, tone uh, for the protagonist, but nothing has kind of reached this Hachiman Higaya's uh, neck for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I greatly enjoyed my teen romantic comedy, Stefu, to the point where I, I kind of binged it in a couple of days. Um, the characters are all really great, you know. You get to know, I, I mean, yeah, they're, they're the big three, like, your three main characters, Hiki, uh, Yui, and um, what's the name? Yukino, right? Y- Yukino, yeah. 
yeah. Uh, so, but then there's a, a, actually a large cast of characters that you get to know. You know, it's a whole ensemble comedy drama kind of thing. You know, yeah. Um, you get to know their classmates. You get to know people from other schools. You get to know um, um, Hickey's like uh, uh, crush from middle school. Even <laughs> like comes in, um, and 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 best of all, like nearly all the cliches common in rom com anime are avoided or deconstructed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So if you enjoy like really, you know, kind of pessimistic. Pessimistic, witty humor, um, almost Daria slash Holden Caulfield. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh, my teen romantic comedy snafu is definitely worth your time. That's how it presents itself at first, but be aware that like you know that's kind of it kind of Trojan horses you into a more emotionally complex uh, oh, exploration mm. of these characters. Yeah, yeah, it like yeah, I it it's a lot of fun in the beginning, you know, and that's where they yeah. get you. Uh, but I mean, like it consistently delivers. I I think such a great. Um, it's it's hard to get consistent um series that are this consistent, you know, in terms of like the way that they deliver like the emotional notes. Mm. Especially with anime, which which tends to be very big and over the top, and and really spells it out for you a lot. Yeah. Um. Uh, but but perhaps that's just like you know because like I I watch more shonen than not, and shonen tends to spell out plot points or emotional points like repeatedly to make sure you understand yeah and i like that snafu doesn't like treat me like it treats me like an adult like it, I, yeah i should be able to infer it for myself indeed indeed and and i like that right like what we we're kind of talking about with with normal people as well like yeah. um the characters i mean they're teens but they take their their own drama seriously you know and we are also uh as an audience also forced to kind of like not forced but like it allows us to take them seriously as well, right? And I think that's kind mm-hmm. of important. Um, my only, I, I wish I, I had a better understanding of Japanese. I feel that the the mm-hmm. writing is clever enough for there to be a lot more that I'm not able to uh, understand, <laughs> you know, just from the subs alone. And uh, maybe in the future, if I ever ever get fluent enough, you know, I'll rewatch it and I'll let you know if there's like hidden stuff that we missed because yeah, we don't speak I, Japanese. I I do agree. It's it's weird that like uh to think that there could be some some things lost in translation. Yeah. Uh, because you know I I can sense that this is a more cleverly written enemy uh than most. Uh, so yeah, like I I do wonder if there is something lost in translation or or something lost because I'm not uh aware too much of Japanese culture. You know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it would be it, it's really really great. You know, it's a deep, well written characters. Uh realistic teen drama you know not 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 overhyped or overblown um it's a very multi-layered plot with a strong emotional core where you care about every single character and you kind of don't take a, a particular side even though hiki is your pov character you know yeah but um, there, there's, <laughs> yeah there, there's several instances where we disagree with him completely and take the side of yui or yukino or some of the other characters as well uh, yep. so very very layered and nuanced and and one of those uh enemies where your main character may not be the best person. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, any concluding thoughts before we, we cap off? Uh, no. Uh, I, I'm really glad you enjoyed this. Uh, yep. You know, I, I thought it was a bit risky uh, recommending this, I, I think, because, you know, it's not it's it's not uh, your run-of-the-mill kind of like, we, we tend to recommend a bit more serious stuff here or like really out-and-out comedy, you know. Mm. Uh, and sometimes, like I feel, it's it's tough. Um, because Snafu, as popular as it's gotten, right? Like in the initial phase, like nobody really cared. 
mm. about it and it was difficult to recommend just because like it required you to recommend it to someone who was looking for a subversion of, of like kind of these tropes right yeah yes um, yeah. but yeah I, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it man I'm looking forward to seeing whether or not they are able to wrap up as neatly as I hope they will Mm. Um, in this season or if they're going to give us another season apparently there are rumours that it might be there might be uh, a fourth season so we'll see how it goes oh wow but the third season is entitled Climax yeah so I don't know how exactly they're going to do it I mean it's just a rumour on the, on the message boards at the moment right like, yeah, uh, like, I, I suppose they could do like a Steven Universe future an epilogue kind of story I would actually kind of enjoy that I, I think that would be fairly interesting to to have them all come back as adults and where they are in life and, and you know kind of reminisce about how they've they've journeyed to where they are now That'd oh be yeah, cool. yeah yeah Definitely. I mean, I would love to see how Hiki ends up, like, because clearly we're not going to see his entire emotional growth. Yeah, for we're sure. We're seeing the, the catalyst of it right now. Um, so I guess the show will end open to invitation. Like, like how will Hiki grow up to be? Will he finally become a fully adjusted, well-adjusted person? Or will he <laughs> continue being an idealistic uh, loner? Uh, same thing with Yui and same thing with Yukino. Can they overcome yeah. their, their internal struggles to become, you know, fully fleshed out individuals like, yeah. uh, that, who are not codependent on each other to, to get things done? Uh, yeah, really great show. You can watch it on uh, Crunchyroll. Yep. Uh, it's also on Hulu and, and Anime Lab. So a uh, bunch of different places that you can catch my teen romantic comedy snafu um i suppose you can read the manga as well although we, we haven't read the manga no. but i'm sure it's it's a fairly um uh faithful adaptation uh-huh yeah uh yeah. It, yeah no complaints from the manga side from the manga people so i, I think it should be fairly nice um, oh be, before we leave right do you know why there was a five-year gap between season two and three uh they couldn't find funding for it if i remember correctly oh it was a money thing huh? yeah it was a money thing like it became it became a lot less important. Uh, the studio brain base had like some much bigger um, fish to tackle. So like brain base has done like Bacano and like Durarara, uh, mm. Bloodland and all of that. And like during those five years, like they were fairly busy with um, the rest of these, right? So um, if, if you guys are keen and you find and you like Snafu, do check it out. Like brain base has come up with some of the, some of my favorite uh, mm. animes uh, you know but um, at the point in time I think especially because season 2 wasn't as popular as season 1 right so yeah they just kind of got shoved um, shoved to the back uh, couldn't find money for it uh, and also because of Durara too nice yeah. okay I mean yeah but I'm glad that it finally happened la. yep like uh, after I mean there is a, if you it's not not a spoiler or anything there's a cliffhanger at the end of season 2 so if it was you know left un resolved it would have been extremely frustrating so i'm glad that you recommend it to me now rather than three years (laughs) yeah like i i wrote from the finale of season two right to season three episode one so it wasn't like a a big thing for me but i can only imagine how the fans felt oh yeah for sure i i think most fans thought it had just died you know yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, I mean, I was surprised that they announced it. I didn't expect Brainbase to 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 pick it up again, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm glad that they did. Uh, but much like you, I had to rewatch the first two seasons before going there because five years is a long time to remember any of this. Correct. Yeah. 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 Because you know, it's not like big plot points that you can just like recall the top of your head. It's very again interior material. Uh, yep. You need to know these characters, get to know these characters once again. Yep. Uh yeah, so I uh, highly recommended all three shows. Um the the legacy of Helsing and Helsing Ultimate we we discussed earlier already. So if you wanna check out how you know like modern dark horror fantasy 
uh, shows uh, or anime in particular get their vibe, get their tone, get their style. Uh, Helsing was one of the pioneers there. Uh, and then Normal People, uh, one of my favorite shows of 2020, a uh, miniseries of Enfudu. Mm, very good. Uh, you can watch it there. Uh, and my teen romantic comedy, Snafu, is still ongoing. Um, we have four episodes to go until the end of season three. Uh, so if you want to catch up, you can uh, go to all the previous sites I mentioned. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, highly, ent- I'm very excited to see how it all ends. Yep, yep. Me too, me too. Um, hopefully, I mean, like, whether it's a neat one or not, or, or, I, I just want to see how the story goes. Like, there's been a lot of investment. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. we're, I'm, we're all we're both like really really invested to see how this turns out but mm-hmm. that being said hey like if they ever want to like make a spin-off where we follow Hiki in his adult world in the working world I will watch that too you know same, with man. the same formula same. It, 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 it's very very good definitely uh, yes and, and we'll be back in two weeks for our next episode we haven't discussed what the titles are going to be yep. uh, but you know it's going to be stuff with that we like la, so we have QC'd it for you um, till next time though uh, I'm Hitzer I'm Isa. Uh, and if you haven't caught John Ray Quality, our new episode is out uh, last week, yeah, a few days ago, actually. So uh, go go to our Mixcloud page and check it out, man. Yep. All right. Goodbye, guys. Ciao.